thank you for your presence here in our lives. I ask that you minister to us today. Open our eyes. Holy Spirit, open our eyes and share your heart with us. We want to grow. We want to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, musician. Now, one of the things uh, that's new for me in my life, it's always been there, but I'm more focused on it these days, is speaking to the Holy Spirit and talking to Him. You know, talking to the Holy Spirit. Making sure that every time I come before God in prayer or in worship, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit and, and connecting with Him and fellowshipping with Him. And, and it's blessed my life. It's very rich and it gives you confidence. And that's what I want you to have. Confidence in God. You see, when I was a new Christian, all I, 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 I did was pray to Jesus, talk to Jesus. I didn't talk to the Father much. I just loved Jesus. He saved me. So we talk to Jesus. Many of us still do the same. We talk to Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But realize it was the Father that gave Jesus. You thank the one who gave you the gift. The gift is Jesus, right? We thank the one who gave us the gift. It's the Father. We ought to have that fellowship with the Father. He gave Jesus. It was, it was this idea. You fellowship with the Father. The Father is not mad at you. He loves you. So you fellowship with the Father. Jesus came to point us to his Father. That was his mission. To point us to the Father. But his disciples walked with Jesus daily. They didn't speak much to the Father. They spoke much to Jesus. They prayed to the Father. Jesus told them how to pray to the Father, taught them how to pray to the Father, but they fellowship with Jesus. They brought their needs to Jesus. They asked questions of Jesus. Jesus ministered to them. If they were confused, they came to Jesus, and they spoke to Jesus, and he clarified everything. But that when, before Jesus left, he said, I'm leaving, and I'm going to be replaced by the Holy Spirit. He's going to take my place. And he was talking to the disciples. You talk to me now, but when I'm gone, you will be dealing with the Holy Spirit. He's going to take your place. You fellowship with him, talk to him, ask questions of him. But we don't do that. Am I alone? <laughs> I used to do that. <laughs> so we really need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He is the Lord. Lord God, the Holy Spirit, Lord the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, Lord God our Father. The Holy Spirit is a person. God, Jesus has given, you say God gave Jesus, Jesus replaced himself with the Holy Spirit. He's going to be with you. If you need everything, anything from me, like they used to do, go to Jesus, talk to the Holy Spirit. He is the one that's going to manifest the gifts of the Spirit. He is the one that's going to give the miracles. He is the one that's going to be doing everything that God wants to do on the earth. And he will be working with you. You see, the disciples says, the disciples said to the Sanhedrin, we have his witnesses, so he's the Holy Spirit that he has given to us. And the guys are asking, huh? 
Where is the Holy Spirit? We can see you, but who are you talking about? Do you understand? So this is the thing. We need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We need to get to know Him. You see, He's a gentleman. He is easily grieved. So I know to, when I've done something or I've said something, I've acted in a way that I know is grieved the Father. I'm concerned about the Father, but I'm concerned more about the Holy Spirit who is with me and is walking with me, who is the Lord of the harvest. He is in charge right now. He does everything. He's the Lord. I got to be in touch with Him. I got to worship Him just like they worship Jesus. Jesus never refused worship. The Holy Spirit will not. Amen. So we fellowship. The reason I'm saying this is because of what we're talking about. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. The manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit. The way 1 Corinthians chapter 12 puts it. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, the gifts will not really be flowing in your life. You have to know the Holy Spirit. Get comfortable with the Holy Spirit. And let Him get comfortable with you. So that he can, he knows how you, what you're gonna do next, and flow with you. Somebody asked me, Wigglesworth, when you do these things and you bring healing to people and all of these things, you just move and you just go and these things happen. Is, is God speaking to you, the Holy Spirit speaking to you? He tells you what to do. He said, no. I just move and the Holy Spirit catches up with me and overtakes me. Because he had learned to walk with the Holy Spirit. And so we have to come to understand and expect things of the Holy Spirit. Know exactly what he is going to do. Now, in um, Antioch, the disciples were praying. It says prophets and, uh, and uh, the apostles. That's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Barnabas and Paul. They were praying and the Holy Spirit spoke. Notice the scripture didn't say, and God spoke. They said, then the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, separate for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the ministry that I, the Holy Spirit, has called them. We don't think about, oh, we say, God called me. Well, God, Paul won't tell you God called him. The Holy Spirit called Paul. Reading the scriptures. So we need to focus more, not that we put Jesus aside, everything comes through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. But with us today, the one that's at work with us, day after day, in everything that we are doing, just like Jesus was with the disciples those three years, guess who he is? The Holy Spirit. And through him flows all of the gifts of God, as we get to know him. So when we do things, we grieve the Holy Spirit, Jesus made it very clear. He said, if you sin against the Father, you'll be forgiven. <laughs> if you sin against the Son, you'll be forgiven. But if you sin against the Holy Spirit, forget it. Why? Because there's nothing that can happen here on earth with you and God without the Holy Spirit. And if you sinned against the Holy Spirit, you cooked. It's over. So I know to make him comfortable. God, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry they've done this. I pray to God for forgiveness, but the Holy Spirit, please, don't be grieved. Can you come back? Let's walk again together. It's very important. This is very important. It will change your life. Now, when he becomes comfortable with you, he speaks to you. He will begin to speak to you. 
He begins to tell you things. You have questions, he'll tell you. He'll tell you not to worry. A situation comes up, you're about to worry. He tells you instantly, don't worry about that, I'll take care of it. And then you're back at peace. So you don't live to please men. You live to walk with him. Amen? So important. So we're talking about the manifestation of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you are born again, these gifts are already there in you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not your gifts. They are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is already in you, then there is the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life because the Holy Spirit is manifesting His gifts in your life. So we just need to know the Holy Spirit. And I tell you what, when you get to know the Holy Spirit, you've come to know Jesus. Amen? And when you know Jesus, you know the Father. So to know Jesus, we come with the Holy Spirit. He will reveal that's what Jesus said. He will reveal the Son to you. The Holy Spirit will reveal the Father. He will reveal the Son. Jesus said, He will take from me and He will show it to you. So we need Him in everything. We need the Holy Spirit. He says, He won't do anything by Himself. What He hears from me, that's what He's going to say to you. So when you're dealing with the Holy Spirit, you're dealing with Jesus. We go through the Holy Spirit. He is the one to go to. We go to the Father in the name of the Son, but the Holy Spirit is the one that manifests whatever it is. If you see it in the natural, guess who did it? The Word. The Father gives the idea. The Word is spoken. But then the Holy Spirit brings it out in the natural. Reading it in the very beginning. The Holy Spirit was moving, incubating. The Father had the idea of what he wanted to do. The Word spoke. And the Holy Spirit spread it out. So nothing can happen without the Holy Spirit. He is the Lord of the harvest. And the Holy Spirit has said in this scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now for a Christian concerning spiritual gifts... Concerning spiritual gifts or the manifestation of the Spirit of, the, of God, he says, Brethren, that's brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. If you are a Christian, you should not be ignorant of the manifestation or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Many Christians are happy to just be good Christians, living their lives right. But the scripture doesn't want you to be just a good Christian. God says, I want you to know everything to be known about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in traditional King James, he says, I will not have you ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant of this. If you are a Christian, I don't want you to be ignorant of it. If you have been ignorant until now, by default... You have not been in obedience. Because God says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, when God tells you not to be ignorant of something, He's something that He wants you to know because He wants to deliver some goods to you. 
And if you are ignorant of that thing, you will never get the good. If you are ignorant of Jesus, you will never be saved. Right? That's the truth. If you are ignorant of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you'll never know power. You never know it. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this because God has something to do with the gifts. And many Christians, they don't want to go there. First thing is they don't know anything about it. Secondly, they are afraid. They are afraid. Some people are even afraid when it comes to speaking in tongues. They are afraid of that. And they argue with you. That, well, we don't believe everyone is supposed to speak in tongues. Is it everyone that's supposed to speak in tongues? And they, they have their point. They argue with it. They, and if you really go deep inside, they are afraid. They are afraid. Why should you argue about that? If it's something supernatural, I want it. If it's coming from God, I want it. Why should I listen to you speak a spiritual language, a supernatural language, and I am a Christian just like you are, and I can't do it. And I'm thinking, it's okay, it's not okay. I want what you got. Give that supernatural thing to me, I want it too. If God is not partial, right? He's not a respecter of persons. Why should I be the one that's not going to have the supernatural gift? And the reason why they stay away from that is because they're afraid. They are not too sure. They can't trust God enough. They don't want to step out. Because they feel like they might sink. What if the devil, I mean, we don't know what the devil is doing. And if I ask for the Holy Spirit, what if I receive a devil? Well, Jesus said that will not happen. You must step out. Everything we do as Christians must be by faith. If you don't step out, it's, it's like stepping out into the unknown. And until you are willing, you will never see the supernatural realm manifest in your life. If you are afraid of men, you never see it. They are afraid. They don't want to speak in tongues. And some say, what if you... Satan plants a lot of crazy stuff in the minds of people. Say, what do you know? Do you, they ask questions like, do you know what you're saying when you speak in tongues? No. What if you curse God when speaking in tongues? Say, How can that happen? But that's what Satan will put in their mind. You don't know what you're saying. You might be saying something that God doesn't... Well, Jesus made it clear. Luke chapter 11. He says, if you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So you shouldn't be afraid. The Holy Spirit is for you. That's the greatest gift God has given to man. Jesus came and he dwelt among us. When you receive the Holy Spirit, he lives inside of you. Amen. That's God. That should change my life. It's when you don't understand that you begin to fight these things and pushing away God's blessings from you, something that will take you to the summit. You keep pushing them away because you don't have understanding and because you're ignorant. And when you don't have understanding and you're ignorant, you fear. We're always afraid to go to a dark place because we don't know what's in there. But this is a powerful gift that God has given to us. The Holy Spirit. You cannot be holy without the Holy Spirit. It's madness to think, well, I want to get myself right so that God will give me the Holy Spirit. Why do you need the Holy Spirit if you have already gotten yourself holy? You don't need any Holy Spirit. 
You need the Holy Spirit to be holy. It's a gift from God. And when He comes into your life, and He becomes comfortable, things will begin to happen. Supernatural things. Things that cannot be explained. In your sleep, when you wake up, situations, as God begins to do His supernatural work. You see, Christians have learned to stay in the ordinary. We, we just like everything in the natural. That's not the way. If you read Acts of the Apostles, it's not the same way. Something has happened. It's not the same way. When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see power. It's exciting. And then when you go from the Gospels, and you go into Acts of the Apostles, it's like you are reading the same book. Except that Jesus is not around. They didn't live in the natural. They were performing supernatural things. Acts. We should begin to crave those things in our lives. Otherwise we'll suffer. We'll get sick. We'll die young. Satan will destroy our children. And do whatever he wants with our lives. We have no control. But if you have a man that will raise somebody from the dead, are you going to try to give him trouble? If you know that that fellow raised somebody that was dead to, to life, are you going to try to be his enemy? You'll be scared. Look at where we've put ourselves. Because we are unwilling to believe God and act. Now, after this service, I'm going to say this. If you are sick in your body, please come up. Healing is the children's bread. That's what Jesus said. Amen? Amen. Healing is the children's bread. Take your bread if you are a child. Eat. Because Jesus has given that to us. So God is calling us to stand up. I like the scripture. He says, my people will be ready in the day of his power. God wants you to be ready. This is the day of his power. In the last days, God will pour out his spirit upon how many flesh? That's you. That's you. And what did he say after that? Supernatural things will begin to happen in your life. How come? Fear of man. What people will say. What if, if I say something in church and everybody, pastor disagrees and said that wasn't from God? Who cares what pastor says? God gives us room, and we come into that as we study the gifts. Because I want to teach on the gifts, so you know the gifts, know how they operate, and how to expect them, so that when we come together, we manifest the gifts. And as we grow here in the manifestation of the gifts of God, I believe that some of these young people, some of the older people, some of the old people, <laughs> that's not me, that's you, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some of them will be sent overseas, around the country. And you will be alone, no pastor with you. But you know you got the Holy Ghost. And you minister. And you see a miracle. And they clap. And you turn their eyes to Jesus. Say, clap for Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? A mortal man. Snatching souls from the hands of Satan. 
gospel was from eternity. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Why should you deny yourself of that? You understand what I'm saying? A normal man bringing miracle through the Holy Spirit into a life. They came in with a headache. And you didn't give them any medicine. But you allowed the gift of the Holy Spirit to operate. Now they're walking back home without the migraine. Two weeks later, they don't have any migraine. And they're saying, what happened to you? Uh, that brother so-and-so laid his hands on me. He did what? Yeah, he laid his hands on me. For what? He prayed. And see, I don't have it anymore. Would they be able to deny it? If they know you've had the same problem for two years and it's gone? They can't deny it. He reveals the Holy Spirit. He reveals that God still is. We don't have to terrorize about him. We don't have to argue with him. He's manifesting himself. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we don't have any reason to be afraid. That's the second reason they're afraid. Another reason is, I, 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 I am not uh, Pastor Andy. I pick on you, brother. <laughs> because we, we, in our minds, we set certain people apart. I learned not to do that. If God is using Benny Hinn, I'm asking the Lord, why not me? What's wrong with me? What have you found that is so bad in me that you can use me like that guy? But you know, Benny Hinn had not always been Benny Hinn. I went my former church, in first church in Georgia in the United States. Benny Hinn used to come to my church. He wasn't well known in the United States then. And he there was nobody that I, that I can recall was healed in any of his meetings in my church. He moved in the gifts of uh, the word of knowledge. That was all he did. John Wesley Flesher... Another minister, they came at both times. In my mind, John Wesley Flesher was much better when it comes to the word of knowledge than Benihin. Benihin was really young, long hair, probably up to his shoulder, very dark hair, very skinny guy. And all he talked about was Holy Spirit. So when, he, when they invite him back, I say, yeah he's, yeah, he's back again. He's going to be telling us more about the Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. <laughs> that was all we know. But before I knew it, Binihin is known all over the United States and all over the world. He held on to the gifts of God. Why not me? Amen? Why not me? He developed it over years. I graduated from Georgia. I got my master's. By the time I came, I, I started my work here in, in uh, Texas, Binihin was all over television. Great miracles. I never saw one in my church when he visited with us. He started somewhere. His heart, in those days, you know, the Catherine Kuhlman, you know, understand what I'm saying? He went, because his, that was where his heart was, his desire. I want what this, guy, what this woman got. He was excited by this supernatural. He wanted that. He longed for it. He prayed. And God gave him that. So it's my turn. Amen? It's my turn. Say it. It's my turn. Say that. Yes. God wants to use you. It's for every one of us. That's why the Bible says, I don't want you to be ignorant. There are things that you cannot do in the natural. Many times I've argued with people, try to convince them. I say all kinds of things to them, show them scriptures. Sometimes you start with the scripture, they'll help you finish the scripture. You understand? You're trying to help them, right? And I'm going to use all the scriptures, I know. I start the scripture, he finishes up and gives me more. 
And I get frustrated because there's nothing. But let the Holy Spirit appear to him in his dream. The next day he has new revelation. He's changed instantly. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need his work. So there's no need to be afraid. You are, if you are a born again Christian and you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, that's all the qualification you need for God to use you. You know, years ago, uh, I wanted to see a miracle. If you see, I speak about T.L. Osborne a lot. <laughs> that was a desire. I bought every tape, or most of his tapes I would buy, and my wife knows this. When we saw him in uh, Tulsa, Angela was telling him, my husband, he gives, even gives to your ministry. He said, I loved things about healing. I would buy the books. I would read about them. I, I just, if you have a seminar and there's going to be healing, I wanted to see it. I would pray, God, what is the matter? How can these guys do these things? And even if pastor said, don't go. I, if there is healing there, I'm going. I figured God will protect me if there's false doctrine. I got to see this thing. But then God turned around. It was my turn for me to see miracles. And God can give miracles. God can give anyone a miracle. God will heal even before you become a minister. God will do that. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a minister. In those days, I, I, if you came around me, I'll be talking. All I talked about was healing. I talked your ears off with healing. Healing, healing, healing. That was the only scripture I knew. I was healing, healing, and I had to do. Because your heart, my heart was in there. I needed to see that. But one thing I do know is the Holy Spirit works with us constantly. Where you focus, and we're coming to that. If many of us come to church, we're not expecting anything. You're just coming to get present. I was present in church. Amen. How many of you were in church on Sunday? Yes, I was there. What did you get at? Uh, 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 you give me some time to think about this? Uh, because you come expecting nothing. You come expecting God to do absolutely nothing. All we do is we come and want to worship God. But Paul says when you come, into, when you come together, there should be some prophecies, amen? amen? There should be some tongues and interpretation. A word of knowledge here. Amen. That's what Paul says. He read 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It's so important. We can never get away from that. If we get away from that, we will lose faith in the United States. The more we move away from the supernatural, the more we'll see lives that are not changed. They will profess, but their lives will not be changed. They'll go to church, but their lives will not be changed. They don't know God. I'm telling you, if they see Jesus walking by, they'll pass him by. They won't even recognize him. So we need to focus on the supernatural. The requirements. First, you must be born again. The Bible says, that which is born of the flesh is... That which is born of the spirit is spirit. There is a natural, a natural man and a supernatural man. I mean human being. Jesus was all man. You know that? Jesus was man. And in fact, if you say, if you profess that Jesus didn't come in the flesh, the Bible says you are of the devil. 
Jesus was a man. Jesus made it very clear. That's why he used the word, the son of man. The son of man. Jesus hardly used the, those words, the son of God. Read the scriptures. He referred to himself while he was on the earth, mainly as the son of man. And most of the time, he, when he uses the word, the word, the son of God, he's actually talking to somebody about believing in God for their salvation. Remember the man that was born blind? And Jesus asked him, do you believe in the son of God? But when he forgave, he says, the son of man has authority on the earth. What he was saying is, I'm a man on the earth. I do what I can, I can and what I please on the earth. So as long as I'm here, flesh and blood, I have the right to operate here. That's what he's saying. You have the right to operate here. And with God in you, you are limitless. You can do whatever you want to. If you can think it, God will give it to you. The Bible makes it very clear. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. You have to be able to imagine it. That God, God is going to use me. So you qualify. The natural man will not understand the things of the spirit of God. Because you have to be, you're natural. When you are born as a man, you retain your body, right? I can feel you. I can see you. That's a natural birth. When you are born again, you have a spiritual birth. Just as I can see your natural birth, with the eyes of the spirit, I should be able to see your supernatural birth. You are born of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So you have two parts to yourself. Now, most Christians want to stay with the natural part and live their Christian life as in the natural. But God is saying, wake up. I want you to walk in the supernatural as well. Jesus was a natural man, but he walked on water. Turned water into wine. But he was still a natural man. That was how, why he was so difficult to believe. And when he says, if you've seen the Father, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father, they're like, you, you, <laughs> equal to God, we're seeing God, they couldn't understand that. But he was a man here on the earth. So you need to be born again. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. So until you are born again, even God, even though God is giving you things, notice what it says, the natural man cannot receive. It's not that God is not giving you anything. He's giving you a lot of things, but you are a natural man and you cannot receive them. If when you are, become a spirit man and you walk in the natural, you still will not be able to receive them. The natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit of God. That means God is constantly giving. You can't receive when something is not being given. So God is constantly giving, but giving, but if you are a natural man, you cannot receive them. So, but if you switch your mind and begin to walk in the spirit, then you can receive those things that God is given in the spirit. The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. He cannot. He says, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. He can know them because they are spiritually discerned. So if you are a born again person, you are a spirit person, and these signs follow them that believe. 
you can operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I wish somebody told me years ago that this thing is so easy. So I, I don't have to look up to anybody and just begin to develop the gift. And then God can give the gift to the world. Many times we are afraid of what people think. For, if you can learn to forget about what people think, because they always criticize you. You want to be a pastor? Come and be a pastor. There are people who say some days they like you, some days they don't. <laughs> right. You have to learn to live with that. Otherwise, you keep going back and forth, fighting and hitting people and saying, this person said this. I've already accepted it. It's going to be that way. So you forget about people and be yourself. Sometimes they think you're smart. Sometimes they think you're dumb. You just have to accept it. You understand what I'm saying? Just forget about them. I just face my God. That's what is important. When you can find yourself in that, and it's a constant struggle. You understand what I'm saying? Because we're human. But you've made that decision. It's a constant struggle because everyone wants to be loved. You know what I mean? But you've decided. You've made that decision. I'm going to try to please him regardless. God will begin to do things in your life. Because then you have nothing to prove to anybody. If you think you still have things to prove, you constantly, you'll be going back and forth. That's where jealousies and all those type of things come from. You're still constantly to prove I'm better, I'm better, oh, he's better. I'm going to make sure that you're just wasting your life. Focus on God. Amen? That's what you want to do. Second thing, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice Jesus never went, he never went out to do ministry until he was baptized and was filled with the Holy Spirit. After baptism, the Holy Spirit came on him. And then he was driven into the wilderness. He prayed and when he came back from the wilderness, he said he came back with power. And Jesus said, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I'm always amazed why people are so scared about being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. This is being with us. For me, I don't want somebody to be in our fellowship and continue with us without receiving the Holy Spirit and being able to speak with tongues. It's a gift from God. Why should you reject that gift? This gift was so important. Sometimes because of what we see in different churches, we forget. Go back to the Bible. And see how they live their lives with regards to this gift. The Holy Spirit, baptism, and tongues is so important. He's basic. For me now, it's basic. And sometimes I tend to forget. But you need to understand, if you want to be successful as a Christian, not just receiving the Holy Spirit and being able to speak in tongues, but also spending time praying in the Holy Spirit. He's your prayer language. You need that constantly. I'd like you to turn with me to Acts chapter, chapter 8. How important this, this, the Holy Spirit is. And, and sometimes people tell me, well, I don't need that. Everyone has their own gift. And I say, well, <laughs> think about it. Philip, because of the persecution, Philip left uh, Jerusalem, where the believers were, and went to Samaria to preach the gospel. And the Bible said great miracles to the point that Simon the sorcerer also received the Lord. Can you believe that? A magician, a witch doctor, received Christ because of the miracles. 
that God did. And Philip baptized everybody in water. How many of you have been baptized in water after you got saved? Good. That's not the end. Not with the, with the apostles in Bible days. That was in the end. Just because you have heard the word of God and have seen miracles or experienced miracles and you are baptized in water, as far as they were concerned, that's not the end. You need more. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues. Nineteen years later, they were still praying with people to receive the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues. Nineteen years later. But look at this scripture. After Philip had this revival in Samaria, and everybody was just, wow. Everybody, God, God, including Simon the sorcerer. In Acts chapter 8, verse 14. He says, now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Now, when they heard that Samaria had received the word of God, what were they saying? He said, they're saying, people in Samaria have gotten saved. Is that right? Do you agree with me? Yes. They received the word of God. and They have been saved. So when they heard about that, they were excited. And this is what they did. He said, they received the gospel. They sent Peter and John to them. So think about it. A great church in Jerusalem. And the the chief pastors that they have, Peter and John, they decided, look, we can take care of ourselves. The fellows in Samaria, they need you more than we need you. Why? Why did they send them to Samaria? The next verse will tell us. Okay? Verse 15, it says, Who, that's Peter and John, when they had come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. They came down purposely to pray for them, so that they would receive the Holy Spirit. They knew they had been saved, they knew they had been baptized in water, but that's not all you need If you want to continue as a Christian in our time, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So they sent these two great apostles to pray for them. That the Holy Spirit will come upon them. He says in verse 16, For as yet he had fallen upon, as the Holy Spirit had fallen on none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means you can be baptized in water, by the great apostle, and still not be filled with the Holy Spirit yet. You need to pray for this gift. And if you are afraid of this gift, something is not right in your life. That's the truth. You can deny it, but God knows it. Because it's the, it's the Holy Spirit. You can't make yourself holy. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to make you holy. I need the Holy Spirit. When I discovered that, it was easy. <laughs> I am flaky. I need the Holy Spirit to make me less flick. Amen. I need him. I need him. We need him. And when he comes into your life, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he comes with all of his gifts. That's why the Bible doesn't say the gifts of, we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's nobody has the gift of the Holy Spirit. They are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
They are, the Bible actually says the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We call them the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in you, he decides to manifest himself in a gift. When there is a work to be done. In the same way that he said, separate for me, Peter, uh, Paul and Barnabas for the work that I've called them to. He can decide while you are ministering to somebody. He says, I want you to tell my son this. You understand what I'm saying? He manifests himself. You don't know what's going on, but he knows. He's, he's the Lord, the Holy Spirit. We need him. So you have to give him his rightful place in your life. That's why I thank him all the time. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for being so close to me. Thank you for being so close to my family. You're taking care of all my children. You go everywhere they go. You go with them. I'm thanking him. I love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being so gentle with me. For being so kind. And being in my life. You can't fellowship with the Holy Spirit in, in that way. And start acting crazy. You understand what I'm saying? You can't. Not for long. So you're qualified. It's the Holy Spirit that God has given to us. I want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Every, you know, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You heard that scripture? How God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And God has given us every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. But how do you know them? Do you know all those blessings? How do you know of them? Who's going to reveal them to you? When and how do you receive them? Only through the Holy Spirit. When you become close to the Holy Spirit, He gives you confidence. He'll speak to you. He can tell you the time is right now, son. This is the time to go for it. Paul Yonggi Cho calls it the beckoning call. The time has come. I can now lunge out for God. And God will do it. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. It says this. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from, from where? From God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. There is no way, you know, God has given us a lot of free goods. <laughs> but you cannot enjoy them until you know them. Amen? You can't. But God has given us His Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit, we are able to know the things that God has freely given to us. Every one of them. So we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus was so intense. He said, I don't want to go out, going out preaching. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Stay in Jerusalem. Wait. You need the Holy Spirit before you can go out. You need Him before you can be effective. You need Him. He's the Lord of the heaven. You need miracles. They said, give us boldness by stretching out your hands to do signs and wonders. We need the Holy Spirit. And when they prayed that way, guess how God responded? He filled them with the Holy Spirit. And He said the building was shaking when they prayed. They were praying for boldness. They were praying for signs and wonders to, to take place in their ministry. But how did God respond? He shook this place. He gave them the Holy Spirit. More. You need power. You want more miracles. Yeah. Have the Holy Spirit. When he manifests himself, the signs will follow. Amen. 
That's what we need to do. Another requirement that we have. You must know and believe the word about the gifts. We've already talked about that. You need to know about the gifts. And we'll come into that. We'll be teaching about those. Then the fourth thing is you must have a desire to be used. You must have a desire. The Bible says that God will give us the desires of our heart. If you don't have the desire for spiritual gifts, God will never bother with you. And I've heard testimonies about, from people. They say, I was in the service when that lady was, uh, rose up and was speaking in tongues for, for interpretation. I, uh, God gave me the interpretation. But I was hesitant. I couldn't speak. And that man over there gave it. He said exactly what I was about to, what I knew I should have said. Have you heard that before? I've heard Christian. You know why he doesn't bother with them? If you hesitate, you're not fit. He goes to the next person. He who puts his hands on the plow and looks back, hesitates, is not fit for the kingdom. You're not fit. If you're afraid, he, he knows not to mess with you. God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. He's given us the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1, it says, Pursue love. And desire spiritual gifts. First, it says, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Now he's saying, pursue after love, but desire spiritual gifts. If you are a Christian and you are okay and you are healthy as a Christian, you should be desiring spiritual gifts. This is almost a command. God says, I want you to pursue after love. Are you going to say, well, uh, I'm going to let uh, Angela and the others pursue after love. I'm, I'm not going to pursue after love. I'm going to, you know, desire the Holy Spirit. Will that work? Absolutely not. Neither can you say, I'm going to pursue after love, but I won't desire the gifts of the Spirit. He says that in the same sentence. Pursue love after love but also desire spiritual gifts. Have you desired any time in your life? Have you desired any spiritual gift? No wonder you don't have any manifested in your life. You have no desire. God will only give you the desires of your heart. When you desire to be used of God and you start having compassion for people, I want them healed, and you're praying to God, God, please, this spiritual gift, huh? And he'll start speaking to you. He'll start speaking to you. And he'll tell you how simple it is. He'll teach you himself. The Holy Spirit will take you on. He'll take you on. And he'll tell you. And he'll put you in very uncomfortable circumstances, situations, where you cannot escape. Where you have, you can't call on pastor, you have to do it. <laughs> and after you've done it once, you got the experience. Amen. The trial brings the experience. And then you can always do it. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So you must desire. That's why I'm speaking on this message. Because I want you to desire spiritual gifts. Because a time is going to come when God is going to send some people. I don't think we want to have a church where we are all coming on and having a social club every Sunday. We want somebody to be going out and winning so somewhere. I just came back from China. 3,000 people got saved. We will have a service on that testimony alone. 
jump and shout. Tell us how many people were healed. How all the atheists were crying out to God. Well, I will rejoice. Just like the testimony we heard this morning. That's what we want. So we must desire it. If you have no desire, God has nothing to confirm in your life. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. If you find yourself desiring it, you've, been a, you've already been blessed. That's what he's saying. If you don't desire it, the blessing hasn't come to you yet. Amen? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hunger and thirst after... This is part of it. Righteousness. Desiring spiritual, spiritual gifts. That's hungering for righteousness. God will give to you. So we need that. And finally, keep your expectation up in every service. Every service. When you come to a service, you are thinking, God, I need you to minister to us today in tongues and interpretation, word of knowledge or whatever. And God, I want you to use me. If you come with that mindset to worship God, you will be in a different level of worship than everybody else. You know why? You are not just enjoying yourself. You are tuned to him. You want to hear from him. You understand what I'm saying? So nothing distracts you. You're focused. Because you're saying, God, I want you to use me. Maybe in a word of knowledge. And I know how God works. So if I come in here and I, I'm, my mind is in something else about the church and all of that, the gifts, I don't even pay attention. God can slap me over the head. I'm not listening. I might have my mindset somewhere else. And so not, but we've said in our church here, we've had uh, healing services, right? And God showed up and healed the people. If you ask me, did God tell you we should have healing service? Absolutely not. I just decided we need to have a healing service. You understand what I'm saying? And because the Holy Spirit is working with us, you know, He comes in here, you give the word, and He heals the people. We go to Africa, we have, come, Jesus will heal you. Come with all, whatever you got. He's, he heals the blind, he heals the sick, he heals everyone. Bring them, the deaf will hear. We, we brag on Jesus, and they come expecting. And guess who shows up? Jesus shows up and heals them. You must expect it. You see, we come to church expecting no blessing. We come and we leave his presence empty-handed. Because we expected nothing. We just wanted to show up in church. So your life is not changed. Your problems still remain there. And you have no confidence in God. Stand up with me this morning. I tell you what. If you go this way. You begin to have greater confidence in God. So you don't have to worry about what people think. What people are saying. God will be at work in your life. Next Sunday, we'll deal with the purpose for the gifts, and then we'll begin to talk about the gifts. And then there's going to come a Sunday, God help us. I will tell the ushers to lock the door <laughs> to the church, and nobody's going out. I'm not going to tell you beforehand because I may have only five people show up in service. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I refuse to say that. No, the place will be packed, amen? And you will come expecting. And that day we are telling the Lord, please use us as you will in the gifts. We start here and God will take it outside the sanctuary. 
and begin to heal people. Amen? And minister to them. Let's lift our hands to the Lord this morning. Thank you, Lord. Tell the Lord this morning, God, I welcome all of your gifts for me. I welcome them. Let him know that you feel qualified. And if he's putting his finger on anything that makes you feel unqualified, begin to say, God, I'm going to give that up. I'm making my decision. I want to be used. I want to be used. I want to be used of God. I know every one of us here would desire to be able to lay a hand on a blind person and their eyes come open. That will be a, a great time for our lives. I remember the ladies went to Nigeria and this woman who, who had a stroke, they brought the video back to us. The woman was speaking. That was a wonderful thing to see. It was the manifestation of the gifts, not the people, but the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for our Lord Jesus. We thank you for the grace that we have received. This great grace that brought Jesus into our lives. And now the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can move in all of his gifts. To minister to one another. And to minister to the world. We welcome all of the gifts of God into our life today. At the Ark Fellowship, Lord, we welcome all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We want them to be manifested in the life of the young and of the old. The teenagers, the young people, the adults, every one of us. Thank you, Father, for your love. Be with your people today. Lord, help them to meditate on these words. Let them go deeper into the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14. As they meditate on the scriptures. And get us ready to be used of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.